Papers are coming out every day. Question is, do we have time to read all these papers? I know we don't have enough time to read. That's why I started this podcast. I call it No Time to Read. It sounds funny, but it makes sense. I'm your host, Ari Prashraf, would invite first author or corresponding author of a recently published plant biology paper, and they will share the story. With this, I'd like to welcome you to the No Time to Read podcast. And you can find and subscribe the podcast at Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the season one, episode 10 of our No Time to Read podcast. Uh, today we'll talk about a paper on cell polarity, came out recently in Nature Communications. This paper is about two polarized proteins, IRK and COIN, in Arbiopsis root cell division. More importantly, we are very fortunate to have the first author behind this story, Cecilia, with us. Welcome to the podcast, Cecilia. Uh, we'd love to have her to yourself first before discussing the paper. Hi, thank you for having me here. I really love this podcast. It's great. <laughs> um, so uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm Cecilia Rodriguez Fulham. I'm from originally from Argentina, where I did my uh, graduate studies in molecular biology. Um, and during my graduate studies, I uh, undergrad, I guess. Uh, I did a little thesis uh, in plant molecular biology, and, and that's, those were my first steps uh, on plant molecular biology. And then I did a PhD in biotechnology, but also oriented to, um, to plant biotechnology uh, in Chile. Uh, and then uh, I did a short postdoc in Chile uh, um, in endomembrane trafficking, and I decided that would be my my career essentially focus. Uh, so then I moved to the US to the Rikel lab uh, and the Glenn Hicks lab, and I continued doing some endomembrane trafficking and the regulation of endomembrane trafficking. And finally, I am not as a postdoc anymore, but as a researcher already. I moved to uh, Jamie Van Norman lab at UCR and continued to do in endomembrane and, and characterization of endomembrane trafficking to uh, or how that contributes to polarity. And I guess that's the main focus of this paper that we are going to talk about today. Thank you for the introduction. Um, so as this paper is focused on the cell polarity, if we start from that point, like why the cell polarity is important or what is cell polarity basically? So there are two ways to look at it. So one is the cell polarity itself. So the, the, how it's a cellular organization, uh, but this is more about protein polarity and how their proteins accumulate differentially in different domains at the plasma membrane. We call that protein polarity and influence the cell polarity. Um, and the cell polarity can influence the tissue uh, polarity of the tissue organization and then the organ itself. So it's going from the smaller to the biggest, I guess. Um, and this, we work with two proteins, as you said, like IRK, that it was characterized before my time, before I arrived to the lab. Um, and IRK um, is, is a fun protein because uh, unlike many other proteins, uh, it gets polarized to different domains in different cell types. 
So in the endodermis is towards the outside of the root, lateral, but towards the outside. But in the cortex and in the epidermis is facing the inside of the root. So there are two different uh, polar localizations, but for the same protein, just in different cell types. And in, in a previous um, publication, it was uh, characterized that this protein uh, needed a certain cellular context to be pro properly polarized. Um, and in this paper, we introduced another protein that we call kinase on the inside, or COIN, that unlike IRK, is always polarized to the lateral, but always to the inside of the group. Um, so these two proteins uh, were initially characterized because they are regulated by a transcription factor called short root that is being characterized <coughs> uh, or it's been shown to be involved <coughs> sorry, in, the, um, in the, the differentiation process and, and differentiating endodermis and cortex. So uh, this transcription factor regulates that differentiation. So wherever proteins is regulating, uh, there is a very good chance that they are participating in this process. So both of these proteins are downstream of the short root, and both of them are receptor-like kinases. Um, these receptor-like kinases are huge families. Uh, they have more than 200 uh, individuals in it, and only a few of them have been characterized. So they are very interesting proteins. They are only in plants, so they are exclusive from plants, so they are very interesting proteins. So we start looking at where these proteins are expressed. So both of them are, like I said, they are in, in the meristem. And in the endodermis, COIN and IRK, they localize to opposite sides of the membrane. So IRK is towards the outside and COIN towards the inside. So uh, when we look at the phenotypes of the mutant, the individual mutants of this protein, they both uh, involve in regulating cell division, but very specific cell division. So IRK is involved in regulating um, longitudinal and declinal divisions and periclinal divisions, but formative divisions. Mm -hmm. So the, when, when IRK is not there, we have extra endodermic cells and extra cortex cells. Then, and when COIN is not there, there is more proliferation. So we have a lot of cells in the meristem that they shouldn't be that numerous in this meristem. So they are uh, keeping the right number of cells in the meristem. And the most interesting part that we found is that we could complement those phenotypes by expressing both proteins only in the endoderm. So they regulate the, from the endodermis, they can regulate cell division in other cell types. We still don't know exactly how, but the uh, endodermis apparently is very important to maintain the whole root uh, structure or patterning. Uh, so as the endodermis seem to be important, the expression of this protein in the endodermis seems to be very important, we decided to focus on what is going on in the endodermis. And as these two proteins were localized to different domains to opposite domains. In the endodermis, we were like, okay, so polarity of these proteins must be related to their function. Um, so the first thing that I did uh, was to try to characterize if there were actually um, 
pushing each other out. So excluding each other. So if I are case in the, in the outer domain, maybe it doesn't allow point to go there. But what we found is that they, they are not um, excluded from neutral domains. They, they are just differentially, in time, differentially secreted to different domains. So, um, so it seemed to be that the secretion at the specific times of these proteins, it was very important. So I went to characterize the secretion, characterize the secretion, that is kind of my specialty. So <laughs> I went and did a, a, a lot of experiments with chemical tools, trying to inhibit certain uh, pathways specifically so we can figure out what are the mechanisms for the polarization. First, we discarded that uh, endocytosis and relocalization to different domains was one of the uh, mechanisms. These proteins apparently don't get uh, recycling, just, they just go to the membrane and then they, they get degraded and that's it. So it was a polarized secretion. So right. we were like, okay, it has to be different mechanisms, right? Because they cannot be going to this different places using the same mechanism. And they don't. So um, there is one chemical that is called BFA that blocks a particular subset of proteins involved in the in regulation of secretion. And IRK is secreted to a pathway that is sensitive to BFA, while COIN is secreted through a pathway that is insensitive to BFA. So then we were like, okay, there are two pathways here. So there must be something in the protein that is um, sorting them to these different pathways. Uh, so there are several sorting signals that have been identified in plants, none of them were present in this protein. So we were, okay, so we have something new here. Let's figure out what it is. Uh, and the first thing that we did, it was quite a crude approach, if you want to. Uh, we chopped the protein in parts. Uh, so we decided to use the extracellular domain of a coin and the intracellular domain of IRK. When we did that, uh, the protein, uh, this chimera, wasn't needed towards the inside or to the outside. It was everywhere, non-polar. So we were like, okay, <laughs> we made it non-polar. Okay, first step, it was like, okay, we modified this. So we are on the right track here. So now, is the, which part is the important to make it like non-polar? Uh, so we decided as we had the coin, uh, extracellular domain, we were like, okay, let's chop entirely. Let's leave it without an intracellular domain. And that extracellular domain was also non-polar. Um, so, okay. So we were like, okay, so it's the intracellular and extracellular. Maybe it's the intracellular domain, the one that is directing the protein to the actual uh, localization. And when we did the opposite and we put the intracellular domain of coin into ILK, it didn't matter. The protein was ILK-like. So, so apparently the intracellular domain is important for coin, but it doesn't be, make a big difference for ILK. So, okay, we were like, okay, this, we have something here. Coin needs the intracellular domain to be polar, properly localized. Uh, and that's 
kind of in the trend that we, what we knew, the intracellular domains are important for the recognition proteins that segregate proteins to different uh, uh, segregation, secretion, secretion patterns. Um, but then we went to IRK. Okay, it seems to be the IRK extracellular domain is important. And the coin intracellular domain doesn't seem to affect that secretion. But both coin and IRK are what we call pseudo kinases. So they, they don't have active kinase domains. So we decided to put an active kinase domain in there to see if we can uh, alter the secretion. Didn't make any difference. It was still polarized. So we were like, okay, so let's chop entirely the intracellular domain and see what happens. Still polarized. So is the extracellular domain the one that is directing the proteins? And that was quite unexpected. There's no right. other protein uh, that has been described in Arabidopsis to direct uh, the, the polarization just with the extracellular domain. So there must be a machinery that recognizes this protein um, in the lumen of the ER or the Golgi. Um, because uh, the extracellular domain is facing the uh, lumen of the organelles before they are secreted, right? Um, so, so that was unexpected. And as these proteins are located correctly, we were wondering, do these truncated proteins have a function? Because they are, they are still getting to the same place, right? So we tried to complement uh, the mutants and see if they were doing something because they are in the right place. They have all the extracellular domain. Are they complementing some of the mutations? And to our surprise, the longitudinal anticlinal divisions were depending only in the extracellular domain of IRK. So uh, that was interesting. And I'm, I'm telling you why. Because we think that these proteins have a function of actually uh, uh, making uh, clusters of, by interacting with other proteins. So their function is essentially interacting with other proteins. So if they are in the correct place, maybe just the, they are interacting just with their extracellular domains with other proteins formerly in clusters, and that those other proteins are the ones uh, exerting the function. So uh, that was a really nice piece of research. Um, and then we did a, a bunch of experiments trying to uh, modify several other things to try to point down the, uh, essentially what part of the protein is important for certain functions. So we figured out that even though the intracellular domain or the kinase domain, it was not active and it's not, uh, a kinase itself is still important for some of the functions. So the intracellular domain is also important. Um, so both COIN and IRK, they, ha they have different secretion mechanisms and they have uh, different sorting mechanisms. Uh, and apparently they have similar functions at the plasma membrane but also they are regulating very different uh, pathways, right? To regulate cell division. So um, we finally have an unexpected result with one of the chimeras. 
So one of the chimeras that we have the extracellular domain of point and the intracellular domain of uh, IRK, that is the one that is non-polar, right. when we put it in the IRK mutant, it generated a, a big disorganization around the endodermis. The endodermal cells divided all incorrectly, and then the cells around it start to divide also incorrectly. So we had uh, endodermis uh, at the epidermis, for example, directly. Mm -hmm. So like an epidermal cell layer. Or we have uh, um, cortex cells inside the epidermis, the endodermis. So they are never there. They are always outside the endodermis. But we, we could see cortex cells inside the endodermis, towards the inside of the root, where the vasculature is supposed to be. So we generated a big disorganization of, of the patterning of the root just by expressing one protein in the endodermis that is an, an unnatural protein. So that um, we call that non-cell autonomous um, control of cell division. Uh, and apart, what we propose with this experiment that is really uh, something that doesn't happen in real life is that the endodermis is very important to control the uh, whole root uh, pattern. And things that they are expressing the endodermis in a polar or non-polar uh, way are actually influencing the whole root uh, pattern. Um, so um, Jamie Van Norman, who is my, my uh, PI, she was especially excited about this finding uh, because for, for, from a developmental point of view, it's quite interesting. Uh, so we were able to, to make several findings. So these proteins are both polarized to opposite sides in the endodermis. Their correct polarization is important function. Their polarization is driven by different secretion pathways directed by signals contained in different domains of the protein. Um, so now the next uh, steps that I see in my future research or the lab future research uh, is actually characterizing specifically how that regulation, how those, those different domains are recognized and uh, sorted into different pathways and which ones specifically are those pathways. Um, and um, once they are at the membrane at these different domains, who, this, who are the partners, right? Who are these proteins interacting? Because they are scaffold proteins. So they are, they, the whole mm -hmm. function is interacting with other proteins. So that's what we are doing right now. So we have done some screenings with yeast to hybrid. And so we try to figure out which ones are the proteins interacting with both of these proteins. For IRK, it's especially difficult because it's the extracellular domain is very important for uh, protein interactions. And the yeast to hybrid is not that good in that uh, extra in folding the extracellular right. domain. So we are trying to do that in Arabidopsis and trying to generate some proximity tagging, trying to do that in the extracellular domain, which is not easy either. Uh, so it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a challenge, um, and yeah. So those are the main findings of the paper. 
Fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, when you are explaining, I could see those speakers in front of my eyes because I went <laughs> to the paper. And also, I should tell something about this paper. Uh, this paper uh, actually very well done, very gorgeous uh, polarized protein imaging, nicely done quantification, and all the models along with all the figures make it really easy to follow. So really great job on, on this paper. Thank you. <laughs> I have one or two very small questions. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure this work is very inspirational will be for the other people who look for the same uh, receptor kinase or the other receptor kinase. But for instance, like this short root scarecrow genetic circuit is kind of conserved in the regular rice or the maize root. So is the, these receptor kinases are also conserved in like other plant species yeah. or the increase in copy number? Yeah, yeah. So... Um Another person in the lab is working in the, in the other cell model. So I, I know that we have a sea maize. We have what other species? Uh, we have several species where they, we could find a protein okay. that they have a high similarity. And then what uh, this um, Lauren, what Lauren did is uh, putting them in Arabidopsis to see if they were polarized in Arabidopsis. Uh, which is a little bit easier than um, getting the, the transgenic plants in their older models. Uh, of <laughs> a little bit, eh? it's not that. <laughs> uh, so when we express them in Arabidopsis, they were also polarized in Arabidopsis. So awesome. now uh, they are trying to do the transgenics in maize, and I think there's some uh, in, in, in soybean and other... other and I'm, I don't remember all of them, okay. but, they, they are several, but for sure that we have that one, uh, several instruments. Uh, and by the copy number, so these families are quite large. So uh, IRK family, I think it has seven members. And, okay. and coin family, it has at least six members. I think. Uh, so um, they are large families, at least in Arabidopsis. So um, when we look at the family members of IRK, the closest uh, subfamily members, uh, they, they are also polarized, but they are not polarized to the same, um, to the same domains as IRK. Okay. So probably they have different functions. So uh, even though they are part of the same subfamily, they might not be doing the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's quite interesting that they, uh, all of them seem to have quite specific functions. Yeah. One more thing, like, is this IRK and coin is expressed or polarly localized in some other tissue except root? So, we haven't looked at it in, in detail. Mm -hmm. So, um, coin, it is uh, expressed in the shoot and okay. also in the... Um, leaves and in the flowers and the same for IRK. Uh, our lab is quite focused in roots. So the main uh, thing was looking at our roots. But uh, we are in the process of collaborating with other labs that are more specific <laughs> for other tissues. And they are looking okay. at it uh, right now as we speak. And actually coin has quite interesting phenotypes in the in the shoot apical meristem as well. So uh, they are being studied as we speak. Okay, awesome. So I, uh, again, this paper is very dense paper, a lot of work. 
Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It is, it is good. Like, but uh, we are happy that you can actually break it down for us. Uh, so, but I cannot remember that whether this paper is in the bioarchive. But I realized that oh. since the submission to publish it took like 10, 11 months. Mm -hmm. So, what are the things actually changed or happened during the review process? Right. Uh, the reviewers um, requested a lot more uh, quantification of the coin phenotypes. Okay. Um, the mutant. Um, so we knew when we submitted the paper that that might happen, that we were kind of short on the characterization of the coin mutant. So while we were waiting for the reviews, uh, we were actually working on it because we know that that's, that was something that they would ask for sure. Uh, okay. So we did that in more detail. And, and, and that, those were many, many, many years of the paper. Uh, they also asked, um, so we presented this chimera that uh, it has this non-cell uh, autonomous cell division phenotypes. So the reviewer asked us to put essentially every construct that we had in these mutants and show that it only happened for this chimera. Uh, so that was a lot of work because it was an insane amount of transgenic plants that we had to generate that we didn't have. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, uh, I have optimized the transformation process so to get a, like a lot of transformers. So I could do it in, in, I think in six, no, eight months. I could gather like a lot of generations okay. in C leaks and making everything faster. Uh, so, uh, but the conclusions essentially, the conclusions before the revision and after the revisions were exactly the same. They didn't change. It was just a lot of experiments to prove that what we were saying, it was essentially what we were saying. And I think the reviewers were actually uh, really good. Uh, I, I mean, nobody likes to do extra experiments, but I, I feel that we were lucky because the reviewers' comments were spot on. Uh, so it made the conclusion stronger because there was no doubt about it after we, we did all the experiments. So I was quite... Uh, thankful for the reviews that we had because the, all the things that they said, I think they made the, the paper a lot stronger. Even though the main figures didn't change too much and the conclusion didn't change uh, almost nothing. So, uh, but it made the paper a lot stronger. That's, that's my feeling with the review process. And, and, and the reviewers were really respectful and, and, and considerate of the times uh, that it would take to do so many experiments. So it, it, it was really... And the editor as well. He he asked us if we needed more time. So uh, and, and it was in the middle of the pandemic. We didn't we didn't everything super complicated, <laughs> but right. uh, but we managed to to do it. So. It was an adventure, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And in case of like nature communication, people can go and look at the review report also. So if yes. someone is interested, they can go through that. Awesome. So uh, with this, actually, we are kind of very end of the podcast. So if you want to thank or acknowledge someone from the lab uh, uh, for the work, uh, please do that. Yes, yes. So uh, I, I really want to thank thank my PI, Jamie Van Norman. She was truly great to me. Uh, she gave me a lot of freedom to propose experiments and proposed like uh, approaches uh, and she was very respectful of, of my opinions and, and constructive about it so that's not easy to find in a PI so I'm, I'm very happy uh, with the interactions with my PI 
and also um, my uh, co-authors, so Roya uh, Campos, she's a technician in the lab, but she's truly more gifted than a PhD or a, a postdoc student. Uh, she, she, she's really, really good, and she characterized a lot of the Newton phenotypes and, and did a couple of figures on the paper. She was great. And, and uh, Jess, uh, I'm, I'm blanking out on her last name. <laughs> Jess, a PhD student in the lab, now graduated. She was also a, a, a great help, and, and she initially characterized the polarization of coin, uh, and, and she was working in another project, so I took over. Uh, so it was really a team effort, and, and it was great to work with both of them. Uh, Jessica Todd, there. there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very fortunate uh, of working with both of them. We did a great team, and we had a lot of fun, to be honest, doing science. So it, it was a great experience. To Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all these stories. Uh, I had great fun to listening uh, all these things behind the paper. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully you'll come back with another great paper or great story in the next episode.